you for being here with me today. You're listening to Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Uh, so for this week's episode, I wanted to uh, talk about the NBA playoffs, get into the NFL draft a little bit because it's this weekend. Um, you know, the draft hasn't been hasn't been that that hyped, uh, but we'll get into the NBA, uh, check in on some of these games. Should we talk about the uh, the Brooklyn Nets and their their massive failure so far in the first round? Um, I'm not gonna go nuclear on uh, Ben Simmons like uh, like Stephen A. Smith or some other people, but you know just the way that Brooklyn handled it or has handled it this entire time, you know, um, I just think it was wrong the wrong way to do it. You know, unless yes, we don't know the entire story if. Ben Simmons was telling them like, "Hey man, you know, I think I'm gonna be ready for Game Four. Game Four, that's when it's happening. You know, um, I think I'm gonna be able to play. I'm feeling better. I'm ramping up, as they say. Um, you know, if that's the case, and then he backed out like last minute, then you know what? Mental health or not, that's just a weak move, right? And if if he does have a back injury, when you know, no one was talking about this this fucking this back injury that apparently he has before, and then now all of a sudden." After not playing basketball for a year, he has a back injury, and it's just it's too painful for him, and he can't go. And I thought initially the way that they were, you know, kind of flirting with Ben Simmons, like this shadow that was, you know, hovering over this team, like, oh hey, we're waiting for Ben Simmons, waiting for Ben Simmons. I just didn't think it was a good route, you know, good way to, to handle it because he crumbled in the in the moment in under pressure last year with the 76ers in the playoffs. Now you're gonna put him. Now you're down 3-0 against Boston Celtics. Now you're gonna throw Ben Simmons in there and then have all this pressure on him and have him try to save you guys, like someone who's un- who has inst- instability mentally and then I guess physically too. He has his back injury and then can't really rely on him scoring wise. Like that's just a lot to ask for a guy who's already he's been open. I don't know if he's been open, but his agent has been open about uh, these issues that he's having. So. Um, I just didn't like that. And then every time they asked Steve Nash, hey, Nash, like, what's the news on Ben Simmons? We're hearing a report that he's going to play game four. And it's out there. So if it's out there, that means behind the scenes they're talking about it. He's practicing. You know, they're trying to get him ready for game four. And then Steve Nash, like, the way he was deflecting wasn't like, oh, um, yeah, we're working through some things. You know, we'll see at a later date. You know, um, I need to talk to Ben and all this or talk to team doctors. Like he should have said it and said, he's like, no idea. That's news to me. Haven't heard like, dude, you're the head coach. Like there's no way in hell. Like no one is, is, is not telling you anything. Like you're not getting that information on, on Ben Simmons. Right. And it's showing on the court too. Like, you know, Kyrie Irving is complaining about, you know, Oh, we don't have team chemistry this year. We haven't played together. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Have you guys been, been here? The dude, like whose fault is that? That's your fault. Kyrie Irving. Cause you didn't want to get the vaccine. And then, you know, uh, Kevin Durant getting injured, that's part of basketball, so that's not his fault. But uh, Kyrie could have prevented this this chemistry issue that they may have or that he claims to have but because he wasn't playing. That's that's all on him. And then the whole thing with James Harden, they had to trade James Harden because that was just a, a, a depreciating asset that they had. So they ship him off to Brooklyn, but... You know, in return, you get Ben Simmons. They didn't. There was there was no talk about this back injury. And then all of a sudden, his, his back is injured, and you really needed that asset in uh, in Ben Simmons instead of just just Seth Curry. Which I like Seth Curry, but that's not a that's not an equal 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 trade value for um, for this year's playoffs, which you needed 
uh, Ben Simmons. You need someone who's going to be able to guard uh, Jason Tatum, and no one has been able to do that. Jason Tatum um, scoring 39 points this last game. And I told you, I was right. I had I had Boston win this series in six games, but it looks like they might win in four. It looks like they just might sweep uh, the Brooklyn Nets. And I told you that Jason Tatum, his play is going to elevate him to this next this next top tier, um, that first tier of uh, NBA players, NBA stars in the league. Um, I was hoping Jalen Brown would also be there, but it seems like it's more uh, Jason Tatum's team this postseason. He's had a, a great first round um, scoring-wise against this team. He had that buzzer beater this last game, scores 39 points. So, And he's been able, able to elevate these other guys. And defensively, they've been shutting down Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving last game. They both had 16 points. Game before, uh, Kevin Durant's having a bad second half um, scoring-wise, just missing a lot of shots. Um, they seem to be just uh, out of it, you know, like they're just, like they're done, right? And um, they bring in these old guys, Marcus Aldridge, and then he retires and he's back, but then he's like not even playing. So like, why do you bring these veteran guys that you're not going to play? Goran Dragic's barely played. Uh, he, he had a great game before this last one, but... You know, they they put him in there in spots. And then Bruce Brown outscores Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Like, okay, that shouldn't be happening. And then um, you have Blake. You get like eight minutes of, of Blake Griffin or the, the shell of, of Blake Griffin. And it's like, you know, you can't... Like, you can't put all these pieces together with, you know, just two stars. One of them who's unreliable. The other one, you know, I think he's the second best player in the world. Maybe not this postseason. This postseason it, or this round, this series against Boston, it seems like Jason Tatum's the best player on the court every night. Um, but yeah, you need like you need a strong-willed coach. And I love Steve Nash. Loved him in his Phoenix days, and um, he just seems like a, a chill dude to to hang out with. And um, you know, he's smart. He was a good point guard. But you know, you need you need a strong coach there because Kyrie also famously said. Oh, this team doesn't need a coach. I look at I look at KD over there. It got me. It got James, and yeah, didn't work out. I think you guys need a coach, you know. Um, and you know, it's not all on Steve Nash. You know, you you don't have Kyrie available for half the games. And then James Harden, he lost not just one step. He's lost a couple steps, you know. And you thought he was going to be in shape and motivated. It was complete opposite. And then you have to trade him. And then this whole Ben Simmons situation. And then. The first year, uh, he had a lot to deal with, Steve Nash. And then, you know, then the the foot over the line with um, with Kevin Durant, that three-point shot, like, you know, they were there. They were going to go to the NBA Finals. And if they go to the NBA Finals with James Harden, like, does he buy in more? And, and is he, like, motivated to come back? Or, you know, I feel like that changes the course of this team. Because now, now you're looking at it like, okay, you know, we have – you know, I don't, don't want to hear this, like, oh, most two most skilled – uh, players of all time, Kyrie and KD, like, I don't care about the most skilled. You're either better or you're not. And um, Ky- people could say Kyrie's more skilled than Steph. Steph's a, a way better point guard than Kyrie Irving. And any day, any basketball court, anywhere in the world, any situation, I'm taking Steph Curry over Kyrie Irving. And that shouldn't be. And I don't think it's a, a hot take, but there's people out there who are like, oh, you know, I would take Kyrie in this situation or this, whatever, just because he hit that one shot, whatever. I'm taking Steph Curry's full body of work, and he has more than one championship, and that's fine. So you can take Kyrie 
he's uh well you know kd took Kyrie and steph steph and look where it's getting him they're gonna get swept in the first round um i think uh kevin durant's judgment of of friendships and and who to you know build close relationships with and form team bonds with is is questionable at best because you know on the court he knows what he's talking about but everyone was warning him about Kyrie Irving like dude you don't want to play with Kyrie there's all this stuff going on and you know he's just kind of a different dude he's like no that's my boy and all this and I want to play with him I want Steve Nash and you know it's all right so here you go you get Kyrie and and this is what happens you know he has he's only had one good game game one was good for him scoring wise and stuff but then he had the the issues with the fans and then then they lost that game anyway. So even if he had a good game, like they lost, you know, and, and Boston defensively has been able to minimize um, Kevin Durant. He hasn't been able to elevate his teammates like uh, like Jason Tatum has been able to do. Um, and I still think it was just a, a terrible move uh, career-wise for, for Kevin Durant to leave the Golden State Warriors. You know, Golden State, I don't know why he was like, I think, you know, a lot of people would say like, okay, because there was multiple reports about, you know, Kevin Durant, um, you know, he, he's better than Steph Curry, he's a better player, and but, you know, Steph is, is like the Bay Area loves Steph, like that's their guy, because, you know, we drafted, they drafted him in the, from Davidson, and he was basically homegrown there, turned into a superstar there, same with Clay, same with Draymond, like that's why Bay Area sports fans have a, have a different feeling about those guys, because they've been there since the beginning, and, you know, Warriors fans went through a lot of bad years. You know, we had the We Believe era, but that was short-lived, right? And they didn't win a championship. So uh, there was a lot of um, just a lot of bad teams that were put together. And, you know, this was a new era when they, they drafted Steph. And, you know, there was still some question marks there. Then they bring in Draymond and Klay Thompson. And they were still there, right? And then they, they won that first championship in 2015. And it just felt amazing because they were playing like a different brand of basketball and, um, they had, you know, there was all homegrown talent there, right? And then Kevin Durant comes, and it's like, okay, now they become like the evil empire because they have KD, Steph, and Clay, and Draymond, and you know, now they're just like destroying LeBron in, in the finals and all these other teams in the West. Like it was no competition, so everyone hated him automatically because it felt like, you know, it was the easy route for for uh, Kevin Durant. But Kevin Durant, he always he always wanted to be number one. It seemed like, and he had issues with. Uh, people in the Bay Area, sports fans, like liking Steph more than than Kevin Durant. It's like, dude, Kevin Durant. Last year, you were just on, you were on the other team. You were on the the Oklahoma City Thunder, and Warriors fans hate the Oklahoma City Thunder. We don't like James Harden, Russell Westbrook, or those teams because they used to go at it, you know. And so, like, we're not gonna you're not gonna be that loved just because you switch teams right away. You know, you're gonna have to build and earn the respect here. And you know, he won. He got the two Finals MVPs, two championships, but. You know, people didn't like the way he left. Um, I think, you know, as time moves on and with the way we look back on it, we'll look back on it differently than how we felt in the moment. I, was, I, I didn't understand it. I'm like, why would you You have Steph Curry here? You got Clay, Draymond Green. Like, you guys are all, like, in, like in, at the time in your late 20s, early 30s. Like, you have, you have like, a seven-year window right there. If you guys just stay together and stay healthy, like, you can easily compete to win championship every year. And then... Uh, Kevin Durant just did not like that, and he said it was a it was a variety of factors, not just a whole Draymond incident. But he was acting weird that last year, and he was already out. And you know, I mean, like, I mean that's his fault too, and you know it's his choice. But now, like, look look where it gets you. Now I think his legacy takes the biggest hit because we know what Kyrie is, right? But Kevin Durant, he was 
supposed to be the adult in the room, the hooper, and elevate his teammates, stuff like that. But then he gets to Brooklyn first year, you know, had that chance to go to the playoffs and then, or go to the finals and then, you know, whatever. He put the team on his back. He had a great game anyway, right? But then now this time, he's had two consecutive bad games. He might get swept in the first round. And now it's like, okay, this is your guy. This is supposed to be one, two, second best player in the world, you know, uh, most skilled, whatever you want to say. You gotta get past. You gotta get past the Boston Celtics. You, even though I personally had the Boston Celtics winning in six games, you just you gotta make it at least a close series, and you have to you have to have great games. Like every every game you have to you have to put on just to show like, hey, okay, like I'm doing my part, but I'm just not getting the help that I need. Um, I still yeah, I still think Kevin Durant's there. Um, I just think this team might be just fractured as far as um, you know chemistry goes and. You know, it might be some locker room stuff or something because they've been like the same team. They've been the same inconsistent team all year long. So I think I think the James Harden thing affected them. And then when they got Ben Simmons, they thought he was going to play and then he wasn't playing. So now they're like, well, shit, we just traded like our, our most valuable asset that's not named Kevin Durant in James Harden and try to get the most at a, or, uh, and try to get the most return. And we get Ben Simmons and now now he's not playing. So it's like I'd rather have you know an overweight James Harden playing than not have another All Star caliber player playing at all. You know, so or maybe you know they're just like okay, we're done this year. Like let's hopefully get Ben Simmons back into the flow of things. Like next year and the next year, there's no um, COVID uh, mandate for for New York, and then maybe Ben Simmons will get healthy over the summer. And then, you know, Kim Durant gets some rest, get healthier. And then you just bring those three guys together, full season. And then maybe maybe they work it out that way. But I don't know, because Kyrie Irving, I think he's under contract for like one more year. There's like an ex- a possible extension this offseason. But if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'm not, I'm not extending him. He needs to play for one more full year. And I see what he does that entire year. No COVID excuses, no chemistry excuses. Like you need to show up, show your value, and we need to see what you can do for us. If you can, if you guess the finals, if we can win or not. But um, this just looks—it looks terrible. It looks like it's—it's going to end sooner rather than later. Um, like they're just going to make a, a, a dramatic um, overcorrection, honestly. But I think they should just keep keep what it is. Get rid of the the Patty Mills, the Blake Griffins, the Lamarcus Aldridge, um, like those guys. Get like some younger veteran guys, not people who are, you know, mid to late 30s, like some of these Lakers guys. And, you know, just build around that. Get some get some more shooters, um, some some better defenders. And like you shouldn't have traded Jared Allen, you know, first of all. But they wanted their buddy DeAndre Jordan, who now I don't even think he's on the team. And so like you got to go with the better player. Like forget your friend. Go with the better player. And just try to build a contending team. But I think they should just bring those three guys back one more year, fully healthy, no COVID issues, but um, and then just see how it goes from there. But um, there's no one person to blame, you know. Uh, like you could blame Ben Simmons, you could blame James Harden for not buying in, you could blame Kyrie for not getting the vaccine, which is yeah, I know it's his choice, but you know, you you put the other the rest of the team in jeopardy, you know, of losing a lot of games and putting more pressure on them. Um you, you can blame KD, I guess, for like the past two games, but you know, I think he's goaded in my eyes winning those two championships in, in, in Golden State. A lot of people are saying that, you know, that makes it seem like, well, um, 
you know, it was an easy road in Golden State, and now he can't do it on him, by himself. It's like, okay, well, he still has Kyrie, but, you know, it's just a different situation. You get different coaching styles, different uh, role players, right? Like, the guys who are on the Warriors, like, those guys were championship ready. You know, they can they can play well together already, but uh, but we'll see. But, you know, they play today, game four. Um, seems like they're going to get swept uh, by the Boston Celtics. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought it was going to be a lot, a little bit of a better series, then the next series here, we have the uh, Toronto Raptors, Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, that one hasn't been good at all, pretty much. Um, Toronto defensively hasn't been able to stop Joel Embiid. Then James Harden kind of showed up a little bit better this last game, scoring 22 points. Uh, he's still a little bit overweight, though, so I don't know how that's going to carry over into the next round. Uh, but that one should end today with the Sixers winning that one in, in five games. And then see which one is next today uh next one would be uh jazz and mavericks this series is getting a little bit interesting because um now it's tied 2-2 first game where you get luca back um jalen brunson had those two games where uh, he had 41 points in in game two and then game three had um had 41 so you know that that was good because you know usually luca is kind of controlling the pace the entire time has the you know his he has the highest usage rate in the NBA, um, but if you have Jalen Brunson that you could rely on when Luke is out, then you can definitely elevate your your teammates there and then get past um, fractured Utah Jazz because they're still having some issues. But um, the way that the last game ended was pretty funny because um, you know we've talked about in past episodes where Donovan Mitchell he he passes he averages three turnovers a game and he only passes. Uh, the ball to Rudy Gobert twice a game, so they have some some chemistry issues, and I've already been um, outspoken about um, that. I think New York is trying to trying to trade for him probably in the off season, uh, but that buzzer beater alley oop to um, from Donovan Mitchell to Rudy Gobert was pretty funny because they never pass each other the ball, and then he gets them the ball to end the game. Um, but yeah, they play tonight six thirty. I still expect the Mavericks to beat the Jazz here, so it'll probably win the next two games. But this could go, could go seven games. Um, hasn't been that exciting of a series, but uh, good to see Luca back, um, back and fully healthy. Uh, yesterday had a, had a few good games here. Uh, the Pelicans tied the series two-two because uh, the Phoenix Suns they lost Devin Booker. He's out for the two to three weeks, and now you have to rely fully a hundred percent on on Chris Paul. Um, kind of for for pace and stuff with DeAndre and then uh, Mikel Bridges, but he's what is he? He's like 37, 38 now. So you can't you can't score twenty eight and fifteen every game. So this past game he had he only had eight points. So that was a tied uh, career worst for him. Um, but you know this this Pelicans team they're relying on they have three rookies that they're starting. They have Herb Jones. Uh, Jonathan Hayes, and then they have um, Alvarado that they're they're relying on. And defensively, he's been good on Chris Paul. He only plays like 18 to 20 minutes, but um, it's been impressive what they've been able to do, especially without Zion. Um, but uh, Brandon Ingram's been able to elevate his guys, scoring 30 points this past game. Jonas, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, that was a great trade when they traded Steven Adams um, to Memphis. I thought that was a win-win trade for both of them. Because uh, he had a career high 26 points and 15 rebounds in that playoff game, and then CJ, who's you know been to the playoffs many times with the Portland Trail Blazers, you know they went to the conference finals a couple times. 
uh, lost to the Warriors, was it, three times. So, um, you know, they have someone who's played in big games who can create their own shot, get other guys involved, you know, scoring 18 points there. So they have they have the right pieces. Um, Willie Green is a great coach. He was just with Phoenix this past year. And then the year before that, he was with the Warriors and Steve Kerr. So he's been around great coaches. So he's a, he's a good uh, first-year coach for this team since they have all these young guys that they're trying to get to work together. Um, but yeah, if Zion does come back this postseason, then you know I think they do have a chance to to go to the conference finals. But doesn't look like he's going to return this year. But for some reason, he keeps posting videos of him doing windmill dunks, basically telling telling the staff and coaches and stuff like, "Hey, I'm ready to play, even though you guys aren't aren't going to play me yet." And they're shutting him down. Um, but he still looks like he's a little little overweight. Uh, but as far as the Phoenix Suns go. You know, if, if Devin Booker can't come back within this this series, then I don't think that um, I don't think that they're going to advance. So that opens that opens the window for for the Golden State Warriors because all these other teams have you know injuries to their stars. You know, you have Luca coming back, but you know the first game that he came back, they lost. So um, now with with the Phoenix Suns and Devin Booker, you know they they don't really have a shot to advance. I don't think. But I'm proud of the. Of uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, you know, I, I wrote them off a long time ago, uh, but then when they made those trades, I'm like, okay, I think they're going for the play-in game, you know, and then now they won the play-in game, and now they're uh, they have the Suns on the brink, you know, the brink of elimination, a couple games away, so um, that's really good for that franchise, and they could probably attract some other guys or maybe retain Zion Williamson, but uh, we'll see. So uh, next series is Miami Heat and um, Atlanta Hawks. This series is not good at all. This past game. The Heat just demolished them, 110-86. Uh, Trey had another bad game. Uh, defensively, the Heat, they can just they can make all kinds of stops. And the, the Hawks don't have enough guys to rely on consistently. Um, even Trey Young has been inconsistent. Uh, this is a perfect matchup for the Miami Heat in the first round because, you know, it's just it's like practice for them. They The Hawks pose no threat for them whatsoever. Um, so that, should, that season, series should be ending. Today, and then you have the Bucks and the Bulls, uh, kind of the same thing. You know, you have Giannis popping off for 30, what is he, he had 35 and 17. Um, and then him and Drew Holiday, even with the injury to Chris Middleton, seems like they're they're going to advance the next round. Uh, the Bulls, you know, they, they don't they don't have Lonzo, and, you know, some of their other guys have been inconsistent, um, even DeMar DeRozan. So um, I don't think they have a chance. They, they got blown out to 119 to 95. Uh, Warriors and Nuggets, you know, the Warriors were looking to sweep, and then um, the Nuggets won, won 126 to 121. Uh, that was a close game, but, um, you know, Jordan Poole, he only had 11 points. Um, but then Steph had, he had like 35, I think, and Clay was in the 30s also. So um, I, did, I didn't expect the Warriors to sweep them. I thought the series was going seven, and I was, you know, like I said, I was wrong about that. Uh, but yeah, they should close it, close them out. I think they play on Tuesday. Um, so we'll see how that one ends. And then see the other game, the other series, the most exciting series, I think, has been the Timberwolves and Grizzlies. Uh, that series is tied 2-2. You had um, this the last game, not not game, not game four, but game three. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they were up plus 20 points against the Grizzlies at home, and they gave up two 20-point leads in the same game. Their head coach didn't call a timeout during the entire 10 minutes, 
and they just kept playing just bad basketball. Um, you know, playing quick in the shot clock, shooting the shooting the ball within five seconds, not passing at all. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, you know, being the aggressor and him taking that first shot without passing is not good basketball. Um, and just letting letting Memphis stick around in that game. Um, Carl Anthony Towns not aggressive enough. He only had eight points. And then his response in the post game was like he was going to drink some wine. Like he just, you know, he's been in the league for eight years. At this point, you know, every year you're in the league, you're you're averaging 22-15, 22-10, 10 Like you're a good scorer. You say you're the you're the best shooter in the NBA as far as big men go, but then you only shot the ball seven times. You were like three of seven, and if you're like the number one option on the team, you should you should be shooting the ball 15, 20 times at least, and and, and taking those shots that you're confident in, and and then taking them down low in the post if you're bigger than the other guy, right? But that's what he was doing. So he only had eight points, but then um, he responded well this past game. He had 30 points, I think 17 rebounds. He had some big shots. He was he was more aggressive. Um, him and Anthony Edwards were having great games. So uh, that series tied two two. I think these teams, like I said this past episode, was that these two teams are very similar. Um, Minnesota is right where Memphis was last year, and because uh, now you have you have Memphis with the two seed, but you know fifty six and twenty six. But um, yeah, the series is back and forth. It's been the most exciting so far because you have um, you have that collection of young talent on both teams, and I think I hope this one goes seven games. At least one one series here in the first round goes seven games. But uh, but yeah, that's the recap for the for the postseason so far. Um, we have some series that are going to end probably today uh, with uh, five games. And moving on to the NFL draft. Uh, so this year's draft, there's not like one player that everyone is completely sold on. I think it's just um, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. He might be the number one pick. Um, other than that, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty wide open. And then as far as quarterbacks go, it's uh, I think Malik Willis is the number one quarterback. He's like the tenth uh, rank uh, prospect out of uh, Liberty. But then you know you know Liberty, you don't have the the best talent that you're playing against or playing with. But you know so he looked great on on tape, but you know, he wasn't playing against any SEC schools or, or Big Ten or anything like that. So you can't really compare him, um, you know, to maybe even a Kenny Pickett who was in a better conference, not the best conference, but uh, it's better than the conference Liberty is in. And uh, for Malik Willis, he's probably not ready year one. Um, but I, I, I assume that Carolina will probably take him because Carolina quarterback-wise, they don't have a lot of options. There's still... So still in this uh, Sam Darnold mess, um, he's just been um, a massive disappointment for them. And then they brought back Cam Newton twice, and he was just god-awful. He can't even throw the, the, the ball anymore. He, he's had too many um, shoulder surgeries, so he, he doesn't have any uh, velocity on the ball. And, you know, it's always it always goes down to wide receiver's feet. And then, you know, he's not running as good as he did before because, was he, like, 31, 32 now? And... Um, actually, it might be 33, but um, yeah. So they they went back and forth between Sam Darnold and Cam Newton a few times. So that's probably a spot for uh, for Malik Willis, maybe maybe Atlanta, and then it's also rumored about um, about Pittsburgh. But then um, you do have Kenny Pickett ranked uh, 19th, and um, yeah, Pittsburgh was also thinking about keeping him home too. Um, and then let's see. Other top prospects were 
uh, Kevon Thibodeau from from Oregon. And I know that Dan Campbell from uh, the Detroit Lions, the head coach there, apparently he doesn't like him just because he uh, he has other other aspirations outside of football. He's getting into tech, and he's uh, he has a deal with Nike already because he went to Oregon, which is a Nike school. So him and Phil Knight are really tight. Um, and Dan Campbell just wants someone who's 110% into football. But, um, you know, they're actually going to be on hard knocks this year, uh, the Detroit Lions. And I'm excited about that because Dan Campbell is kind of a – He's kind of a, an interesting guy, and I think that's going to be pretty entertaining to watch him on there. Uh, but other people here are um, Evan Neal, offensive tackle from Alabama, uh, Trevon Walker from Georgia, um, Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback from LSU. These are some other high prospects. Uh, Drake London, wide receiver from USC. Uh, but, yeah, it's just um, not a good draft overall, I don't think. There's, you know, a couple people here. Matt Corral, like maybe, but uh, no first-year starters as far as quarterbacks go. Um, I think most of these guys need time to develop, and then they'll probably be uh, get drafted by teams who have, you know, a bridge quarterback like a, like a Sam Darnold or, um, or Marcus Mariota like because um, he's in Atlanta now, so I don't think he's going to be their, their long-term quarterback, but... Uh, but yeah, so that that's this weekend. I think there's going to be a lot of trades. I expect the uh, the New York Jets. They're they're still trying to get a wide receiver for Zach Wilson, um, and you know there was the, the there was a Debo Samuel trade talk, and I think the 49ers want two first round picks. They would want that tenth pick from the New York Jets, and probably first round pick in next year's draft because they're still going to be bad. So they would probably that probably be like a ten to fifteen range pick uh, but I expect there to be a lot of trades just because there's no uh, like really top tier day one starter talent be- besides uh, Hutchinson from Michigan Thibodeau from Oregon maybe um, Stingley from LSU um, and then yeah I think that's probably it honestly but uh, but yeah that's all I have for this week's episode thanks for listening uh, we'll be back uh, next week to preview Uh, round two of the NBA playoffs and then talk about any other uh, we'll check in with the MLB and then talk about uh, the NFL draft we'll recap that after this weekend so thanks for listening